It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Kahala, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you. Join us now on the Myers Supercenter guest line. Folks, if you've never heard him before, I would encourage you, whether you're a Michigan State fan or a Michigan fan, at some point during the game, turn on the Ohio State radio broadcast because that's how a football game is supposed to sound. His name is Paul Keels, the play-by-play voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He joins us now. Paul, my friend, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time to join us. How are you? How's life? How are things? Uh, I'm very good, thank you, and thanks for the nice comments, Anthony. Oh, I'm telling you what, I, if people that don't believe me, you're somebody that I look up to, uh, that I admire very much. Even though you're on the other side of the fence, that's okay. We can all get along. We're like a dysfunctional family at this point. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Michigan State Spartans tomorrow. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Paul, what stands out to you to be the difference between last year's Buckeyes team and this year? Well, the big difference is defense. They had an adjustment period, growth period. They went through some issues last year defensively. They changed roles of coordinators. But a lot of that had to do with all of the experience that they lost from two years ago. Now I think what you're seeing, uh, a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, with a system that he used successfully at Oklahoma State, but also guys that are more experienced. Uh, linebackers like Steel Chambers, who had moved over from running back. Tommy Eichenberg, who last year, toward the end of the year, both those guys, you could see them get traction and start to play well, and they're playing at a very high level this year. Experience in the defensive secondary, as well as return of an injured player from a year ago in Josh Proctor at safety. And a defensive line that is having more success, having an effect on the line of scrimmage with the opposing offense. So it's just kind of a combination of things that really have allowed them to play better defensively. Offensively, it's been kind of the same thing we saw a year ago. They're able to uh, score by throwing the ball. They're able to get success running the football as they did last week. So I just think probably the biggest difference is what they're doing defensively. You know, Paul, is it ever going to be enough for the Ohio Ohio State has been on this just it's been incredible to watch you know Jim Tressel and in and on and it has just been it's been Ohio State as the class of the conference and it it kind of feels I don't know like I I watch Buckeye fans on Twitter it's like when when is enough ever going to be enough I mean how much success can one program have to where the standard the expectation it almost feels like it's inobtainable Well, and you said it, expectations, and they've been set high. I mean, it goes all the way back to Woody Hayes in the 50s and 60s and 70s. So it's a standard that's been one that at times has been tough for these teams to live up to, but more often than not, Ohio State has had success competing in the Big Ten. They've had success being able to challenge to get into the playoffs. And, you know, in the last 25 years, they've won a couple of national championships. They've played for a few more, and I think that's what it is. It's just the high standard and the high expectations. 
This team came out in week number one, beat Notre Dame that was ranked uh, you know, top five at the time. They beat them 21-10. to 10. Then they have Arkansas State. They beat up on my Toledo Rockets. I don't know why they had to do it like that. Oh, Ryan Day. Uh, and then you have Wisconsin. In the Wisconsin game, I mean, Rutgers, we can understand a 49-10 to 10 game against Rutgers. But the Wisconsin game, to me, I mean, eye-opening, shocking, 52-21. to 21. This, it, it feels like this is the same Ohio State team that last year when they took on Michigan State had me as a Michigan man, you know, shaking in my boots a little bit like, hey, here comes this, this, this storm that is the Buckeyes offense that can't be stopped. Well, a lot of it had to do with getting off to a quick start and in and, and adding to that the way C.J. Stroud has played, much like he did a year ago, but taking it a step further. All of the receiving threats they have make him a dangerous football team, and that's really playing most of the year without the guy that was viewed as their top receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's been dealing with an injury. Uh, and then last week we saw him run the ball very successfully when Rutgers kind of tried to take away the pass and dared him to run. So I think that's kind of what has been so uh, eye-popping about this Ohio State team, and especially on offense. Uh, they can do it, whether it's through the air or on the ground. They can do it with special teams and field position, and they've improved defensively. So, But, you know, that, that particular game with Wisconsin you referenced, though, it was a quick start. I, I think it was 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter, and uh, really Wisconsin's not the kind of team that's going to play catch-up football very well. They're not uh, really built to throw an awful lot, and, and I think it really shell-shocked their defense, too. Were you as surprised with last year's result in that Michigan State game as I think everybody in the state of Michigan was that it got that out of hand that quick? It couldn't. It didn't seem like Michigan State could get anything done on either side of the football, and it felt like whatever Ohio State did, it, it worked. And and how does Ryan Day and the the staff and these players how do they block that out to realize at the end of the day these are still scholarship athletes? You still have to show up each and every week, even though you're minus ten thousand on the money line and a twenty seven point favorite. I mean, it's like almost on godly uh when you look at some of these numbers but it's how do they stay so focused week after week after week well it's real simple they did not achieve what they wanted to last year for all the success they had like games against michigan state they lost at home to oregon and they lost to michigan and it cost them an opportunity to play for a big 10 championship and to get into the college football playoffs so they came in this year into the summer with an edge uh, that's kind of carried them through as well as they played in any game this year uh, from Ryan Day on down. The message has been they've got to continue to work toward getting better. They've got to continue to work toward being improved uh, and also having respect for the opponents they play. And, you know, Ryan Day was an assistant here when they had, you know, a bad loss to Purdue that cost them an opportunity to play for a championship. Uh, you know, the year before that, they had a bad loss at Iowa that cost them an opportunity to play for a championship. So they know that it can happen. And it's important for them to stay focused regardless of how successful they've looked. When you look at uh, Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, a one-two punch there at the running back position. Both guys, I mean, Mayan's three yards short of 500 already through five weeks of the season. Henderson's right behind him with 318. They both got it into the end zone a whole bunch. 11 touchdowns combined between the two of them. What makes the running attack as effective you know, as it is? Is it just the guys on the front line dominating the line of scrimmage, or is it that threat of the, the, the vertical threat from C.J. Stroud and the, uh, the silver bullets on the, on the perimeter that opens everything up? Uh, those are the two most important parts. They've had great play from the offensive line, so that's had a lot to do not only with them being able to run the football but protecting C.J. Stroud. The passing threat certainly is something the teams have to be wary of. Well, what you've got with those two running backs is a little bit of a different style from each one of them, although at times both of them have shown the ability to be physical runners. And as we saw last week, Mayan Williams has the explosiveness to break it loose on one play as he did with a 70-yarder. Um, and, and it was an area of concern because 
prior to the start of the season, they lost the guy that was going to be their third running back to a season-ending injury. But they're both experienced. They both had a lot of playing time last year. They both have shown the ability to be able to make the plays, you know, turn a three-yard gain into a five-yard gain, et cetera, et cetera. But in Ryan Day's words, maybe the most important thing is that they've protected the football. What's the, uh, Paul, what's the injury report look like for this Buckeyes team headed into tomorrow's game? Well, that is one thing that Ryan Day does not divulge much as far as injuries. So here's what I can tell you. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's really only played in parts of two games, we still don't know if he'll be out there. It's it's a guess, and it's only a guess that we might not see him until uh, the Iowa game, which would uh, wipe out Michigan State in with a bye next week. The players that are, uh, that are questionable or that would be worth being questioned about, Cam Brown, Starting cornerback has not played in the last two games, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get out there. Same with Lathan Ranson at safety. Uh, and then Travion Henderson missed last week's game, but the hope is by doing that, he's more apt to go in this game this weekend. Uh, so that's really all the specifics I can give you, most of it because Ohio State doesn't really release much as far as uh, injury information. They like to rely on HIPAA, the Health and Information uh, Protection Act, that kind of keeps players' injuries and their medical history very much under wraps. You already mentioned the name Steel Chambers, which is an all-time great name for a linebacker. Uh, he and Tommy Eichenberg, when, when, you look at, when you look at statistics and you see that linebackers are your leading tacklers, I, it, to me it's a good sign because it means that the defensive line is doing their job, they're eating up blocks, and, and they're allowing these linebackers to come through and, and be able to do so uh, almost uh, freely. It also means that they're able to tackle in space. They can get side-to-side side in the field, and they got a great nose for the football. And, and that's what both those young men have done. They benefited from the experience of playing a lot last year. Steel Chambers is a converted running back and got out there and, and, you know, he had to learn under fire last year, but toward the end of the season, you could see it really take hold. And, you know, they play very well off of one another. It's a two linebacker defense. They go out there now with three safeties. So they have to cover a lot of ground and they've done it very, very well. They've also had help from a third linebacker, Cody Simon, who played a lot last year, got hurt late in the year last year, but it's been very impressive the way both Eichenberger and Chambers have played at linebacker. When you see Michigan State, Paul, when you're getting ready for this game, when you're prepping for this game, obviously, you know, people in East Lansing, we've been talking about it uh, all week. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the the giant question mark is is Mel Tucker and, and what's going on. And it's the conversation has turned into how much these coaches make. We saw a midseason firings of Scott Frost. We've seen a change there in at Wisconsin. When you look at the current landscape and how quickly things are changing and the lack of patience from fan bases, from universities, does it concern you at all and how quickly we are, we are moving on from coaches, even guys that have you know, moderate to decent success at their respective programs? I think it's an unintended consequence of the early signing period in November. Schools that know that they might need to make a change need to do it so that when the season ends, they have their people in place to be ready to sign to get people for that signing period. I think a lot of it also has to do with if it gives them the opportunity to get a head start on what candidates are out there to potentially hire. Uh, you know, in the case of Wisconsin, it would seem, and it's just a guess, it was an opportunity for them to give Jim Leonard a, a six or seven game audition to see if he should be the next head coach. But uh, more than anything, it, I, I think that it, the early signing period has had a lot to do with that. But, you know, when it comes to Mel Tucker, and, and there's a lot of personal bias there, knowing Mel when he was an assistant here at Ohio State, uh, you know, you look at the success that he had last year, a lot of that tied to all of the people, and one in particular that he brought in in the transfer portal, Kenneth Walker. Uh, you know, when Kenneth Walker was taken out of the game in Columbus last year, that made Michigan State a completely different football team. I, I think that is one case 
that you can make that they are a completely different football program minus one player this year right now. So it, uh, but you know, I think that's why coaches are uh, compensated so handsomely because the scrutiny is gigantic. Uh, the peril of job longevity is is very serious, and you know, it, it's just kind of what comes with the territory. It's a tough sledding. There's no doubt about that. I, I can't go a football conversation without trying to highlight the specialists. They're often forgotten about, but special teams players, they got to be special. Sometimes it's a thankless job where we just kind of take for granted the field goal kickers are going to make kicks. The kickoff coverage team is going to be good. Uh, they're not going to allow too many returns, and then putt coverage is going to be great. you got a great punter back there. We just we take all these little things for granted that are such a pivotal and important piece of field position, of scoring, and, and just a, it's an important part of the game. How has the special teams unit been thus far uh, for Ohio State? The kicking part has been great. Noah Ruggles is in his second year as a graduate transfer as a kicker from North Carolina. Jesse Merko is an Australian punter who's handled things incredibly well. Uh, he had so few uh, opportunities last year uh, that he wasn't able to register in national stats, which he would have. Uh, they're coming off a special teams gaffe last year where they had a muffed, uh, punt return effort that allowed Rutgers to take a 7 nothing lead. Uh, but they've been incredible, helped by a seventh-year long snapper who's a Michigan State transfer, Bradley Robinson. So so they, they've been very good with what they've done for the most part with special teams. He is Paul Keels, the radio play-by-play voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I encourage all Spartan fans, find the Ohio State broadcast, turn it on for a little bit. I guarantee you, you are going to enjoy it. Mr. Keels, thank you so much for your time this morning, my friend. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great call uh, tomorrow against the Michigan State Spartans. Thank you. My pleasure, Anthony. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.